welcome to the New England Real Estate Journal and the New York Real Estate Journal podcast. I'm Rick Kaplan, the host, and my guest today is Michelle Fitzpatrick. She is the vice president and of the 1031 Exchange Relationship and Management. Yes. I, I always screw the title up. I know. A uh, and uh, she's with Northern Bank, and I welcome you, Michelle. Thank you, Rick. How are you? I'm doing great. How are you? Good. It's good talking with you. It's always a pleasure to talk with you. We talk you. quite frequently, and you have uh, a lot of insight on 1031. And uh, you've been in this. You've been with Northern Bank for how long? I've been with Northern for over seven years now. So we are uh, in our sixth. We just finished our sixth year of doing 1031 exchanges. So I've been heading that division since we started and it's been, um, we had a great year this year. 2021 has been a booming year. And you've been in banking for quite a while. You've yes, you're gonna, are you gonna tell me how old I am by telling me how long I've been in banking? Well, you know, I would say, you know, you've been in banking for what, 20 years? 20 years. And you yeah, only look so. like you're, you're, you're 30 years old. Yeah, see, that's why I like talking to you. You're very, very kind. <laughs> you're a liar, but you're kind. So you started I, banking when you were 10. Yes, you know? yes. Right out, right out of elementary school, I was... You were a prodigy banker. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> I wish. So, uh, yeah, I've been in banking for uh, 20 years. Um, I've had my real estate license that long. So when we, when I... Uh, we were doing this 1031 exchange venture. Um, it just was a natural progression. It made sense. I had, I have my own investment properties. I've exchanged my own investment properties. Um, so it, it, it was a natural fit for me. So let's go right into what a 1031 exchange is, you know? Sure. So a 1031 exchange is an IRS code. Um, it allows you to defer your capital gains taxes when selling an investment property and purchasing a replacement property as an investment or for business use. So um, it's there are some restrictions and there are some requirements when doing a 1031 exchange. The first one is, is that you need a qualified intermediary, which is a service that we provide. So we're qualified intermediaries or QIs. Um, you have to sell a replacement property, you have 45 days to buy, excuse me, you have to sell a relinquished property. You have 45 days to identify a replacement property and you have 180 days to close on that replacement property. So there are some restrictions and there are some um, parameters that you have to follow, but when an exchange works, it really works well and people benefit from it greatly. Our investors benefit from it greatly. So this is basically on an investment property. So you could not purchase a, you could not sell an investment property and buy a residential property. That's correct. Um, that's exactly right. So 1031 exchange is for properties that are held for investment purposes or business purposes. And you can purchase a property held for investment purposes or business purposes. Um, Primary residences, second homes, those do not qualify. Um, purchasing property um, like a, in, into a real estate investment trust where you're purchasing a share in an LLC or a share in a trust, those do not qualify. Uh, you do have to buy 
a, a tenant in common or you do have to buy a property where your name is on the deed, essentially. So if someone has a million dollar property and buys mm-hmm. a $900,000 property, uh, is that, 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 will that qualify? Yeah, that's actually a great question. That's one that we get a lot. So when you purchase, I mean, the goal of the 1031 exchange is to defer your capital gains taxes. You, in order to do that, to have 100% deferral, you want to buy equal or greater value and you want to use all of your proceeds. You want to use all of your cash. So in the example that you gave us, you would have, you would be buying down in value by $100,000. So you would have a cash boot or a boot of $100,000, which would be taxable. Now, in saying that, you can either pay the taxes on that $100,000, or you can try to go out and find another property for that. So you can buy multiple properties. Um, you're not just, you don't have to sell one and buy one. So people understand this uh, clearly. This is only a tax deferred program. This is not a tax disappearing program. that's exactly right that's exactly right so it's deferred for how long so it's deferred until you die or until you sell Um, and people have different strategies on how they're going to utilize 1031 exchange how they're going to preserve their profits and build their wealth Um, and that really depends on our clients. We have some people that are going to say, I'm going to defer, defer, defer until I die. And then their children get the property with the stepped up in basis, which is a tax benefit to their heirs. Or they're going to say, I'm going to defer until I retire. And then I want the cash and I want to go out and buy a motorhome and go cross country and take that cash and never have to worry about a tenant again. Um, and then they'll pay the taxes at that point. So it really just depends. So you can either defer till you die or you can defer until you cash out. Yeah, so just uh, another fact to be clear on is that if you do die and you leave it in your inheritance or your estate, uh, the tax that you deferred is not all that tax is not left over to for your ears to pay for. <laughs> yeah, that's so yeah, that's right. So that's actually something that we've been watching pretty closely in the legislation that's been kind of bouncing around in proposals that have been um, that have come out. And that's the stepped up in basis. So right now the way it stands that if you do a 1031 exchange, you're deferring your capital gains taxes, you die with a property that's worth a million dollars, and you only have a $100,000 basis in that property. Um, Your heirs get the stepped up in basis. They get that property that's valued at a million dollars. So if they turned around and sold it, there would be no capital gain implication there. Um, But, you know, there is talk of perhaps changing the stepped up in basis. I even heard proposals of having almost like a death tax where you'd be taxed immediately upon the death of, you know, the difference between the basis, you know, the original basis. So that's something that we're watching really, really closely. And that's something that I think a lot of people are watching um, that own properties because it's an important factor when determining what your estate plan is and what your prop, you know, what your long-term plan is for your properties. 
Yeah, because that would be like a death tax. Because when you get that tax death, that tax bill, you would want to die. <laughs> and you have to, and you have to sell the property literally immediately and cash out. So it would right. really be such a hindrance on people. It would be such a hindrance. It's the whole thought of it is actually kind of scary. So we're hoping that we're watching that closely as well. So now we go, you you know, this is bringing us into 2022 about the 1031s. There's a lot of talk in the Biden administration making those changes. Yes. Uh, First of all, it would be kind of a stupid move for them to do so, because I think it would affect too many people. Yes. And uh, not just the wealthy, you know, it affects, it trickles down to everyone. Yeah. So, I mean... Honestly, like of our exchanges, I would say 50% of our exchanges are one-time exchangers. They're people that own triple deckers in Somerville. They've owned it for 50 years. They've rented them out. They have very little basis in them. All of their money, all of their equity, everything that they have is tied up in this one property. They're not wealthy. They're not... They just happen to own a property that appreciated to $2 million in value. I right. mean, these aren't the uber wealthy people. These are one-time exchangers with one asset that made a very good investment 40 years ago. Um, so it really does affect so many people. Um, but fortunately, 1031 exchange has been in the IRS code since 1921. So we celebrated 100 years of 1031 exchanges um, and being part of the code. And, you know, it's under scrutiny a lot. So it's not that 2021 or 2022 was any difference with this, with any different with this tax legislation. Um, There was some changes that were made in 2017 with 1031 exchange. So we are used to it coming up and having to fight and continue to educate our lawmakers on the importance of it and how it drives both the real estate market and the economy in general. So um, we, our association, the Federation of Exchange Accommodators, it's a national association that includes all of the qualified intermediaries across the country. We've been working, our association's been working with other large national associations, including the Farmers Associations, the National Realtors um, Association, which they have such power and such strength because of their numbers and because of their their broad outreach. Um, So we've partnered with them to um, lobby our lawmakers and really instill and educate on the importance of 1031 exchange. Well, I'm I'm sure they know what they're doing and and I'm, I'm sure if these lawmakers, uh, they sit down and they think about it. <laughs> yeah, here's Maybe, open. Yeah, I mean, you know, they've done some dumb things in the past, but, you know, hopefully, you know, all of the people, all the lobbyists can knock some sense in them and tell show the benefit for keeping this 1031 the way it, it is yeah. in place. And we say it all the time. I mean, just think about what happens with one transaction, just one real estate transaction and how many people it employs and how much money moves through that transaction. Um, so, you know, we're, we're, if you're selling a house, 
You're hiring an attorney, a banker to do your mortgage, an appraiser, an inspector, um, a title company, the paralegals, the realtors, uh, all of these people, qualified intermediaries, all of these people are part of that transaction. And when you're doing a 1031 exchange, there's always two, at least two transactions. You're always selling a property and you're always buying a property. So that's just driving the real estate market. It's driving the economy. It's pushing money into the economy. And the reality is, is and I know for a fact, when I've exchanged, I didn't exchange personally in 2021. If I had to pay the taxes, I wouldn't have closed. I wouldn't have sold. And my house, you know, I didn't, I had owned a house for 20 years and I didn't really do a whole lot of work to it. As soon as I sold, the new buyer went in, he put in, you know, a new front yard, he took down trees, he put up a new new siding, he did all of this work that wouldn't have been done. So again, all just stimulating both the economy and the real estate market because of a 1031 exchange. Right. It's it's a great economy booster. And, you know, for them to want to eliminate that, that would be a, poor move on there absolutely 100 percent agreed yeah so you know and you know we've talked about this and uh you suggested that i run for president and i did uh, and this will be the second time i'm going to tell you i think you should i think you're the lawmaker to be there (laughs) and i thought about it i thought about it for like a half a second (laughs) no i I, i'm not going to do that (laughs) and and i don't think anyone would want me to be that uh, I, I told you, I'd, I'd, put, I'd sign your name on a ticket. <laughs> but, you know, we also, uh, you know, everyone in the industry has to appreciate what you do because you write a lot of articles and send in a lot of content to the New England Real Estate Journal just on this topic, 1031 exchanges. And, you know, it's, it's very important that that continues going out because, you know, people need to know what's going on in that field because you know it's if people are in have owning investment properties that's this is a big part of it the 1031 exchange it is is. yeah and uh, you know we really like partnering with the real estate journal um you guys have been so great to us and you do the spotlights you do your 1031 exchange spotlights twice a year so you know my colleagues across the country and across Massachusetts all chip in and you know I read stuff from them as well and I'm like wow they have such a great insight so you know there's always something to learn so I really do appreciate the voice that you've given us both in this podcast that we're doing um, on the in the print uh, in the in the articles that we write it really is important and you guys play such a huge role in it so thank you. And we appreciate you and the Northern Bank. And uh, I want to thank you, Michelle. Always a pleasure to talk to you. You as well. Uh, thank talk- you. And we're talking with Michelle Fitzpatrick. And I'm going to try to do your title the right way. Go for it. <laughs> okay. Uh, she's the vice president handling 1031 exchange relationship manager. That's right. That's is that, good. Is that better? You got it. <laughs> you got it. <laughs> I want to thank you, Michelle. I thank want to, you, Rick. I want to wish everyone have a great day. Until next time.